people to another episode of Cinema de More. I am your hostess Lexi and with me as always my co-hosts Justin, Chuck, and we are talking about murder and it's my movie this month. I picked Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer because if you're going to talk about murder that doesn't sound like a movie about murder at all. Right. That title is very misleading. Right. There weren't a lot of portraits in this movie either. I don't know if I agree with you on that. The title was a, lot a of lie. Good... Yeah. It's like Naked Lunch, that joke from The Simpsons where nobody was naked and nobody <laughs> ate lunch. I think I think they framed some of the bodies in very portrait styles, so, you know, I'll give them credit. This is actually one of my favorite films. I adore this movie. I think it's really, really well done. I don't really know how you describe it, though. If you want me to be perfectly honest, I think, and I know it's a weird description because people usually use this for, like, positive-type films, but it's kind of a slice-of-life movie about a serial killer because it's just about a day in his life and kind of, like, what he goes through. That would have been a cool title. It's about his buddy that he lives with. His sister shows up. It just kind of is about she's been dealing with some shit at home and... So she's just staying with her brother for a while to get out of a bad divorce and family problems. They have a strange family dynamic, and so Henry is just kind of watching that, and Henry also happens to be a serial killer. And at some point, he kind of, you know, shows his roommate, hey, this is kind of what I do, and his roommate's uh, a little weirded out at first, and then it's like, hey, I'm here to get in on that with you, and... Then they just kind of go on a killing spree, and the whole film is following their killing spree. And it's uh, not fast-paced. It's very slow, like, in the way they go on their killing spree. They do everything. I always feel like it's kind of meticulous in the way everything is done. He regrets bringing the roommate in halfway through it, because I feel like the roommate really fucks with his groove, so to speak. Otis. Everybody knows that friend that's like, you're the person that's into anime, and then you show your friend, and then they make up their whole personality, and you're like... I was into anime before this guy was. Don't let him fool you. He's not as cool as me. He doesn't know as much. Yeah, he's a gatekeeper, Henry. He's yeah. a gatekeeper to serial killing. Yeah. Henry is a... I'm not sure the word for the type that he is. He's not the kind that does it for sexual thrills. He's the type that only gets off on the actual act of the killing. So the killing is what's the sexual thrill for him, not sex or any of that kind of stuff. So he doesn't engage in sexual acts. He only engages in the act of killing. Just like Dexter Morgan. And so his roommate is engaging in sexual acts, and the sexual acts bother Henry. And so when the roommate starts bringing the sexual elements into the murders, Henry's very upset by it. He's like, no, we don't do that. That's not how we operate. They always have to have their set of roles. This is Michael Rooker's first movie too, I think, right? I think so, yeah. He's excellent in this movie. He's the same as he is in everything. (laughs) I think he's great. I love him in this movie. His best role is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 
He's really good in that Love and Robots too. He's really great in that. They said he uh they said he was a method actor on this movie and he stayed in character the whole time. And uh, yeah, I think so he, he just stayed in people. I think he just stayed in character for the rest of his life. I think he's still he's still Henry. He's, yeah. <laughs> That's why when you say he's that. the same in every movie, it's just cuz he's never he's never become not Henry. He's still he's still a psychopath in every film he's ever in. He was great in The Walking Dead. They did a good character arc. Everybody with him was too. during that time before yeah. they all <laughs> left the show. Everybody was in the first season. They handled eliminating him as a character on the show, too, very well. The dynamic between him and uh, Daryl. Hard to like Daryl. He's like a sellout. He stayed there for the whole show. Yeah, well, now he's got his own show. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he had his own spinoff. He's got his own spinoff right now. The Daryl Dixon oh, Show. Oh, he does? Yeah, yeah, it's literally called The Daryl Dixon Show. <laughs> he's not sharing it with anybody? No. no I think they said next show. season it's gonna have, like, Carol on it or something. Carol's coming on it, yeah, next yeah, season. Yeah. But, like, the first season's just him by himself. He's in France or yeah. something for some bizarre reason. It's, like, about him going around and helping people, essentially. Like, it's all about Daryl. Yeah. Just... He's, like, the Robin Hood of zombie times or something. It's, I don't know. I gave up on it a long time Fuck ago. Fuck it. So. I, I haven't watched any of these spinoff series. Mostly... It sounds like you're doing pretty good for, like, trailers or something i just yeah i've just seen like the the trailers and like behind the scenes stuff that pops up on social media i finished the whole series and then i never have watched any of these new shows but also like to be fair amc makes their shows fucking inaccessible unless you have cable and like you have access to a cable service you can't watch any other stuff on streaming until yeah, they, they put it out like, five plus like five years later they put it out yeah amc plus if you have a streaming service or if you have cable then you can watch it if you don't have cable or have access to somebody else's cable service then you can't use it no amc plus is its own yeah, thing you could, you could get it you get it for like five dollars a month you have or to something. subscribe to it are they letting you actually pay for it now because when back in the day when i had that they weren't letting me pay for it like that they were making you like have to have a cable service on top because i was actually watching the walking dead and i was like i, well, I, I don't think they have any this. good shows anymore breaking bad better call saul and uh mad men are all over yeah so when you wanted to talk about murder i was like oh this is a good opportunity to talk about this movie I, I i really like this movie uh i love the way it's shot i think the cinematography in this movie is excellent it's very raw it's very dirty looks like a uh, reenactment from unsolved mysteries Kind of, but it also has this um, art film quality to it. Like a lot of these slow draw, like slow bat, you know, slow panning shots, and of like the corpses. And he does a really good job of shooting really low, a lot of low shots to make everything have this kind of dirty quality. And the environments are extremely poor and unkempt, and the car is very like you know raw, but has its own character in and of itself. It's a excellent character to Henry itself and I feel like they don't really make movies like this anymore I feel like this is one of those rare exception films that came out in that time period like the 80s and 90s where people were making these kind of interesting horror films and films that weren't really like on the 80s this is from like the I mean the tagline for this thing is like he's not Freddy he's not Jason he's real and I'm like yeah because that's all the serial killing slashers and stuff you did essentially pick a slasher for not liking slashers. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he doesn't want to have an M.O., so he, does, he doesn't He does just do that. Like, he's like, I have to use guns and knives. And You're saying uh, Jason Voorhees does not change up his methods? Yeah. Voorhees will, uh, Voorhees will either use bludgeoning Even or slashing. Even Freddy does. He, he does it. Guns. I mean, it's always in dreams or whatever, nightmares. But um, Freddy is, yeah, well, Freddy is supernatural. I don't think it's fair they call him a slasher. 
I think he's more I, like pinhead. Freddy? He's got fucking knives on his fingers and everything, oh, too. Oh, God. Why is that always like the answer? He has a knife on his hand. I'm like, so? He slashes. What makes him not definition? a slasher? Because he is a supernatural being who enters your dreams. Until they pull him out into... of the dream, and then he does no powers. Yeah, well, but you have to pull him out of the dream. I'm like, it's not really a slasher. I'm like, a slasher is just like a thing that hulks around and kills people with stuff. No. Yeah. I mean, by definition, a slasher doesn't even have to be have knives or anything. It's just a person going around killing people. Oh, well, that's, that's weak. I think it's I think it's more defined than that. I've never thought of Freddy as a slasher, but I think there's plenty of stuff in that genre. But... He slices and dices. He even says that. He pulls people into TVs as giant worms and fucking turns into, like, superheroes and kills people. Jason became games. a worm, too. And I'm like, when did he Henry when did put he a guy's that? head through a TV. Aren't they the same? Yeah. <laughs> no, not Yeah, the he same. did put them through a TV. Actually, he didn't even put it through the TV. It was just like on the top of that dude's head. No, it was because it was a small, cheap model. Yeah. It was the $50 black and white TV. On, yeah. That is that was one a of my favorite kill scenes. In this movie. The whole, before you even get to that murder, just that guy, the, the black market guy, was so fucking funny that I thought he was that great. He, he like didn't belong in this world he was just very nonchalant about like well what did you guys come here for and he's all about business and wasting his time and he is excellent and then he's like trying to get them buy more and more expensive stuff as he's there he's like see that camera it's a thousand dollars i'll sell it to you for 500 they're like we have 50 dollars for a tv <laughs> he's like half of a half of a thousand dollars five hundred dollars he's like yep that'd be half of a thousand dollars i mean that's just what dealing so condescending is. that's uh that's like every day for me. So you'll get that half <laughs> off. So like it, if it was a hundred dollars, it'd be fifty dollars. Yep, that's what half off means. <laughs> uh, I liked kind of the grittiness of this, where it did have that unsettling feeling that even before you, it's the camcorder. Like I know this is a sixteen millimeter film. It feels like a snuff film. Like that's the way that this movie is shot. It just has an uneasy feeling to it. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like Rooker's never actually funny. <laughs> He's just kind of disturbing. I find it very grounded in like reality. I've been to this house. I've been around these people. I've seen serial this killers kind of stuff. No, like the environments and stuff like that. Like there's a quality about it. Like the Otis and his sister. Like I know Otis and his sister. They remind me of people from my town. You know what I mean? Like my small town that I come from. Watching them and their no. interactions and mean? stuff. They they're like white trash small town people who come from like semi rural areas who like move to cities and like are still trashy and so even though they're in the city they still bring that mentality with them, you know what I mean? Like they're still they're not really like doing anything productive even though they're in the city. They're he's a drug dealer and he's just fucking around. They're getting rid of the scum off the streets. But I'm, they're Ruger's, cleaning up. <laughs> Ruger's different. I'm talking about the two, the sister and the brother. Those two, like those two, are very normal. Otis is cleaning up too. He's just. Oh my god. He just made a mistake because he broke Ruger's rules. Henry made all these rules. He was just what trying to help him kick out. He was he was trying to make him a better football player or something by giving him those illegal drugs. He was doing that kid a favor. I did think that scene was weird when he was trying to buy the drugs. The kid. And he's like, you're a pervert. And I, like, didn't get that he was a pervert from that scene. But, you know, later I, <laughs> later he definitely was. <laughs> I was just like, he just seems like a drug dealer. It doesn't seem like he's 
being creepy about anything. Is this your first time watching this? Henry, the s- colon, the serial portrait of a serial killer? Yeah. Yes. I actually was a little disappointed because I was th- thinking of another movie behind the mask and I thought that this was behind the mask for some reason. Oh, uh Vernie <laughs> Jones or whatever. Movie. Yeah, it's an excellent film. I love that movie. Definitely different film. Yeah, this is a 1986, but they basically had to do a roadshow version for years because it was it got an X rating and uh I don't think it could, they could get distribution from anybody. So no, it showed it was... uh, showed in Chicago, which is actually really funny. Because we're we're gonna record something else that has a lot of Chicago in it. Yeah, we are. Good tease there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those ones that are on those. You know, if you want to see horrific movies, this is one of the ones on the lists. So I saw this a long, long time ago. I remember being really impressed with it the first time I saw it. I was like, that movie is filthy. I love it. But you're not impressed with it anymore. No, I still am. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I really love this movie. I think the ending is so fucking good. I love the ending. I love how it it, it does have, like, a start and a beginning, but, like, to me, it doesn't really have, like, a start and a beginning because, like, it's really, like, coming into the middle of Roker's stuff and leaving in the middle of it. Like, it's a start and a beginning for Otis and the sister, but not for Henry. Henry's story continues, you know what I mean? So it's interesting in that way, like where he's not necessarily the focal character, but he also is. It's, it's neat. It's a good movie. I think it's really creative in a lot of ways. I think it's interesting and in just, like you said, like shooting it like a snuff film, but also it has like a documentary quality about it. And I just find the raw, visceral quality about it just so interesting. And I just find it so unique for one of these type of films even. I, I don't think there's anything really like it in comparison. Maybe. I thought that it it definitely is more like a character study. We're going to show you and not really share too much what's going on inside this character's head. The only thing that we know is that his past, he's been like molested or something like that. So he has a, a huge issue with sexual assault crimes. Like those people are filth to him. Yeah. Well, it's very clear that whoever created Henry studied like a lot of serial killers and really did their research he's very authentic i think this is based off of a real guy him and otis based are off based one, off yeah. of real people yeah i was gonna say i think they are real people none of the i don't think any of the killing or anything is real it's no. just way no. loosely based off of them no the mo- the thing that's like the most similar in this movie is that uh he did lie about most of his killings they said he confessed to 600 murders but they're pretty hmm. sure he only committed like three and they said, like, his his mom, it's still, like, very unclear, like, how his mom died. The real Henry did kill his mother, but it's, like, super vague the same way it is in this movie. He, like, I think they said he did stab her, but then they ruled it. Like, he, did, he wasn't arrested when he did it because they said she actually died from a heart attack from being stabbed later and, like, ruled it as, like, a completely separate thing. Like He's like, just yeah, like Heath Ledger's the Joker. <laughs> just yeah. like Heath Ledger's the Joker because he keeps changing his story as to how he killed his mom. He does a great job of never keeping his story straight, but also telling it in a way that you're like, okay, I guess I believe you. Like, it's like, it's fine. Cause you don't really want to argue with him and you don't really want to question him. And I think that's important. How is it important? Cause he's a killer, but he also, he builds trust in this weird way 
like there's a quality about him where he's stoic and he's serious all the time and so he's not creating this like quality about him where you think he's lying so when he does slip yes, up, you're he, like, yes he does but like what's her name is the is the sister becky well she's an idiot bethy beth what's her name becky i think it was wasn't it what did you say chuck i didn't say anything oh otis and becky are the both of them i feel like they're nervous around this guy like he's definitely unhinged but they feel like they're above getting killed by him because they're too close to him is what i assume because becky fully trusts him yeah to hit to her he's kind of a he's a actual protector and then Otis, like, I mean, part of him is, I think he's portrayed as not a very well-educated person, but he he feels like he's has a mentor of some sort. So I don't, I think he, they both feel way too safe around this guy who's clearly killing people on, you know, a whim. Like he didn't kill the lady at the diner, but he, he killed like the, who the hell are those other people? He killed was a lot of people in this movie. Well, it's not until the prostitutes that, he kills the one prostitute in the back of the car and Otis is like what the fuck but he like realizes that Henry is killing people and then he sits down with him in his room and talks to him about it he's not really aware that he's been doing it initially also the director of the film the shirt that he wears when he goes out to see the prostitutes I was watching the uh, commentary on that part and there was one guy, he's like, where did you find that shirt? And he's like, dude, that shirt? He's like, Otis showed up with that. He's like, I don't know where he found that thing. He's like, but that was a fucking find, wasn't it? <laughs> this is the same director that did Wild Things, right? Yeah. It definitely feels like a evolution of Wild Things. Like, he tries to be, like, super provocative. And I, I don't know if he pulls it off in this movie. Guess he pulls it off in Wild Things, but Wild Things is obviously a lot messier too wild thing's a terrible film i don't think it's a terrible film i think it's fucking goofy that's for sure well i guess it's better than showgirls yeah not not exactly the same types of movies but yeah i mean showgirls is a masterpiece i don't know what they're talking about oh my god (laughs) that'd be so gross (laughs) what's your favorite scary movie shazam (laughs) it's showgirls Scream too. Come on. I was quoting squ- scary movie. Yeah, because they were quoting Scream. Um, see, see. I have the Blu-ray of this, so when I was done, I don't usually watch a lot of the deleted scenes and stuff like that. But I thought I would check out some stuff with this one. So, I guess the shots of the pro- like the dead people in the fields and stuff like that, they shot them at a um, farm. They had did not have permission to shoot there. <laughs> and so they, they were shooting shoot anywhere in this movie I don't know but apparently the farmer showed up when <laughs> they were out in the middle of the field shooting these like dead women and he was like get the fuck out of my field and he started like chasing them off and they had to like grab all their shit and run away as quick as possible but that was interesting I watched this on Peacock uh, I think it was also on Amazon yeah, but I said into my remote Henry portrait of a serial killer and it chose Peacock so that's where I watched it the way that the in, the filmmakers intended it to be seen. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they really wanted those Colgate ads shoved right into the right into the middle of a guy getting a TV smashed on his head, and then hard cut to 
five out of oh, six dentists to prove that you should uh, use Colgate. That's Mine didn't any, awesome. only had commercials in the beginning of it, yeah, or else I probably would have just watched it on Prime. Yeah. It had commercials. Yeah, on Peacock, Peacock like did a like two minutes of trailers they and the, the or commercials. Yeah, they were commercials. They, theirs are like that. Mine did like the opposite when I when I looked up Henry it gave me like the prime version first when I went and saw Jacob I went to Amoeba and found the 30th edition, uh, anniversary blu-ray for like that's what I watched because so. when it started it said the 30th anniversary I don't know what made it the 30th anniversary but specifically had it in the title of the Peacock version that I watched I really like heavy film green so like the blu-ray the um the way that they did the transfer the capture of it it had that really fat, heavy film grain because, like you said, they shot it on sixteen millimeter. It just looks so good. I just like film grain. That's one thing, like with digital, because like as a photographer, I shoot on um, really high speed film when I do my photography. I do like night photography, and I shoot on really high speed film. And I shoot on a high speed film so that I can get like a really thick, heavy film grain. I shoot at night with it, which you're not supposed to, because uh, you're supposed to use like as much contrast as you can so I use weird settings for my stuff but I do it to get the grain out of it so I want like a thick grain structure in my film and like with uh, digital you can't do that like if you try to do what I do for photography with digital you have to get pixels so you have to do it in photoshop and like fuck with it that way and I'm like it's not really the same thing it's not that natural effect, yeah all my, I mean? all my friends that do photography with digital they're always uh, probably more than half of it is is done in, you know, with Photoshop or something. Like they're touching it up and it just doesn't feel right to ways. me. Like I don't know, because I'm just like I said, like I'm a traditional photographer, and there's a richness that comes from working with film. And when you understand how to work with film, and you've worked with it for a long time, and you know how to make the medium work for you, you can't check it on the site. You know what I mean? So, like, when you're shooting with it, you're just, like, hoping for the best. They should have shot this thing on um, a camcorder, the Sony camcorder that I was the wondering if they did. in this movie. They had a Betamax. Um, so I was, like, I thought maybe they might have shot some of it on Betamax, but I was, like, the grain structure is too heavy for them to have used the Betamax because I thought that it would have looked uh, It would have It looked way too ugly. Yeah. It, it would have been funny, great. though. It, it was just the guy explaining how a, the camcorder works was hilarious, like, They've never, at that point in their lives, is, have even known of its existence. They're like, a what? If they had shot it on Betamax, it would have looked better than if they had shot it on a VHS camera, but it still would have looked like shit. I like when uh, Otis threw the camera out the window, and he's like, what? It was broke. And Henry goes, well, we could have fixed it, like as if he knows anything about it. But <laughs> The lens was all busted off, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was like so happy that he finally got rid of that fucking camera, too. I think he was cool with having it at first, and then Otis was getting too obsessed with it, and then Otis was getting too into going home and watching videos of them doing stuff, which was making Henry really uncomfortable because it's too much evidence. And it's like, you got to stop, bud. So Yeah, you don't want to get busted for your v your uh, VHS collection. Right. There's like no technology stop. to even track these people, and they're like, fuck it, we'll record it. Right. It could have been a found footage movie, too, I guess, if they wanted it to be. Yeah. They could have shot in a way where, like, they didn't really show the murders, like, any of the killings until the tape was found. But uh, it's weird because it didn't have any... It, you thought they would have might have used it for, like, a more suspenseful way than they did in this movie. Yeah. I think they get really creative, though, with the killing stuff, too, though. Like, uh, 
when they do the big kill at the house but with the higher like the rich family and they do it all through the the betamax camera and it's all shot like that instead of like going there and shooting the actual like murder and then you get to like see the, from their perspective of them just watching it on the couch and i was like that was a really neat scene i like that scene i think that whole scene was really interesting them hiding behind the bushes was really fucking funny too because when they were talking they didn't about look how well hit, stuff. hidden at all yeah watching like the homeless guys beat each other up or something <laughs> yeah when they're just like yeah they're just chilling there they're like do you see that they're like yeah i see it i'm recording it on this camcorder we just stole <laughs> I, I also really like the soundtrack to this movie. I know it sounds weird, but there's like a naturalness to it where uh, when he does murders, it does that kind of music, which is like weird. I don't really care about that, but there's like a lot of just silence. And then somebody goes and turns on the radio. It sounds like you're singing Sesame Street. Right. But bear, like the... Bear, 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 bear. <laughs> That'd be great. There's always a radio like being turned on somewhere and playing in the background. And it has this more natural environment quality where there's always a radio playing. Like, I really like that. It probably was just what they had to do and be like, we didn't record it. Because there's not a soundtrack like over top of everything, is there? Not necessarily. Like there's, like I said, like there's that weird slasher music that plays when he goes and does like a murder briefly. But other than that, there's really just like, the natural audio of the environment i would say that it's a good movie but i also think watching it after everything i've seen in my my entire life a lot of it 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 feels kind of just not as controversial as it probably was at the time well clearly what isn't as controversial because you could watch something on hbo and it's more graphic and violent than this movie was do you think yeah and we keep running into the same thing with the killers that are just heartless so i feel like that's the biggest thing is the, the most interesting thing with these serial killers are is that they want to know what makes them tick. And I think, like, in this movie, you're never really going to get that psychological reasoning for why Henry is the way he is. You're only going to get little hints, like, about his childhood and the weird roles that he has against, you know, sex crimes. But I, I like the authenticity feel of it. It did feel like what I'd imagine would, like, a real killer would be. But I also kind of want a little bit more out of it, too, because it does seem disjointed where it doesn't really follow Henry around all that much. Like, there's a lot of times where we're seeing bodies and we're not seeing the murder, which I'm sure is because it would be expensive to show the murder. I love the way they do that, where they show the body and then they use the audio of what happened where it's like you hear like the screaming and like the murder go on and they just do this like still shot of the body very slowly panning out i think that's really artistic and these girls and creative. were pretty good at being dead like they yeah. barely breathed i watched the thing like as i was saying i was he did that on a farm and stuff like i was saying and like he was like these girls have to sit there and not blink and breathe and like for long periods of time and it was really hard to get those shots yeah, the one girl was breathing, like, so slow, and I'm like, that's impressive. Even though I can see it, I'm used to somebody that's, like, dead on the floor, like, <gasps> you know? Yeah, it's not easy to do that at all, so kudos. Well, sometimes you got to cheat. you got to pull, like, the Hitchcock where it's actually a photo and not a video. Right. Make it feel like it's it's uh, moving. He didn't do that for this, so yeah, that's impressive on that. I really like the ending of this where the girl after they she tries to sleep with henry and henry's like no i can't 
have sex with you basically like he doesn't say that but he just is like yeah no i'm gonna go buy cigarettes and then he leaves and when he leaves otis is like well now i'm gonna go rape my sister he comes back and finds otis raping his sister it turns into like a big scuffle they kill otis he's not sure what to do with the girl because he's developed some sort of an attachment to her but he also doesn't have the ability to have attachment so he's confused as to what to do he offers like it wasn't an offer but he just goes okay and goes with her like to offer to drive her back to where he said she was gonna she asked him to go with her to go home he's like okay i guess i'll go then they stop because like they kill they kill otis so he just goes with her like he's gonna take her home but then they stop at a hotel and then he just kills her i don't think he's taking her home because they say that he's gonna like she asks about her kid or something and he says like oh don't worry we'll send for him well she says she says hey why don't you come back with me and leave here and leave otis and what have you and so i'm under the impression that that's what he was gonna do with her when they left together that's what i was that's what that's that's what i was thinking that's all so they don't expressly say it they're just leaving together in a car with otis's body which they go dump into the river and then after cutting him up in the bathtub with a saw of some sort they stay at a hotel and then he kills her in the hotel and then dumps her body and her suitcase on the side of the road and that's how the movie ends and I was like, man, that's such a good ending. <laughs> I fucking love that ending. It's nice because it's suggestive. Yeah, I love it exactly for that, right? Like what you said, like, they don't show anything. It's just the bloody suitcase on the side of the road. You know what happened. But you don't need to see anything, but you get it. And then it's also like, guy's got to kill. Like, he is what he is. And it's like, you got to appreciate the character for what he is. And it's just like, all right, this movie's brutal. <laughs> I like it. Do you have to appreciate the character for what he is? I mean, you don't. You can go, what a sick bastard. I can't believe it. He wasn't going to grow up or redeem, though. I mean, if you watch the entire movie and expect any sort of redemption from him, it's not going to happen. Oh, you also don't spend enough time with him by himself. I think we spend plenty of time with him by himself. Every time he's by himself, he's doing something terrible. (laughs) Like, genuinely. I just mean, like, more on, like, a character level. You're not really getting to know this person. You're seeing them do something, so you can make an assumption about the character, but... Usually I would say, like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want this, but I feel like this movie would... I would... It would benefit from, I don't know, a voiceover or something that, like, would give you some of those thoughts, because I think I get what you're, what you're saying, Justin. Like, there's not... Like, there, there literally is no... There's no psychology to him at all. We never see anything other than yeah he kills people some sometimes but like he never really or he never really has a dialogue with anyone on like why he does it or he just got he the most you almost get is that one time when he talks to otis about his methods for not getting caught and then he has that one part where he's talking to becky about you know why he killed his mom but that's it there's like nothing else that we get the character's like very surface level there's nothing there's nothing deeper behind anything that he's doing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't know. I feel like some things could have been built. Like the characters could have definitely used some work and been built to be a lot stronger. You know, as to like, I get the idea of, of Becky having like being abused by her husband and all that. And that is a trope in a real world thing, you know, going towards an, another equally terrible person, like just attracted to another equally terrible person. 
But yeah, something about it was weird because like I think also too if you didn't do the voiceover and you kind of stuck to act the actual movie that we saw everything feels so sporadic because it is and it's nothing like you don't really know what what makes him tick you don't really know what sets him off on certain people and then on other people it doesn't because not every single person's like a a sex worker he, he they kill you know pharmacists or some shit like that they're just killing regular people too movies my like one of my favorite unintentional comedies because there's just <laughs> so much of this movie that's just funny when i don't know if it's trying to be the whole the whole what? final end of the movie uh when he goes to buy the cigarettes and then he meets <laughs> that guy and the guy's like just trying to be nice and he goes how about them bears <laughs> he just looks at him and goes fuck the bears then that guy's just like okay i was just trying to make conversation then he has that he has that weird the the part with the lady with the dog felt like a cut scene from like American Psycho or something where it's like just such a weird like when he's like oh that's a nice dog she's like thanks he's like what kind of dog is it and she like makes the oh, joke yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. like Heinz 57 he's like what and she's like 57 varieties what and she's like he's a mutt like he just doesn't understand anything she's saying at all then it's like what's his name her name's Dolores. What? And he just keeps like saying what to her over and over to everything. And he's just like, oh, that's a cute dog. And she's like, okay, well, we're leaving. And then she just leaves. And you do get that vague sense that he was going to follow her. And then is like, oh, I guess I'm not going to kill her tonight or something like that. But there's, but it's kind of like you're saying, like, there's no, there's no reasoning, like, why he does or doesn't. Like, you don't get the sense of, oh, well why did he not decide to kill that person? Was he just like, uh, just not feeling it right now, I guess. It's such a weird... Yeah, it's when like he's driving by scene. his car and seeing people too, he'd be like, have, like, be checking out a person as he drove by, which was like, mm, I could kill you, but I'm not going to. And, and that scene with the, the, the black market salesperson is 100% a comedy. That, that yeah, entire that, scene is hilarious. That scene, that scene again, that, that scene does feel like a, it feels like it's from a different movie. That character feels like he's he's a little too. He's the only character that that they murder that you that you you're in this and you go oh yeah that guy 100 percent deserved to die. He was like <laughs> he was such a bad person. Everyone else is like oh, I I don't think he needed to kill those people. So it's weird like this movie almost at times wants you to feel that Henry's like the hero of this story. In the they they basically set up that Otis is like a really bad guy and it's like mm, almost like you were saying like like he's Dexter Morgan it's like ah, but he's not Otis bad like he just kills uh, you know randomly you know he's not he's not like Otis Otis is a bad guy like you should definitely not like Otis but eh, Henry's an okay guy he protected uh he protected the sister he saves her and he doesn't do any of the weird uh the weird stuff with people you know he's he's just for the killing he doesn't do anything extra you know it's it's such an odd like it feels like this movie almost wants you to feel bad for him for some reason but then that just never really happens I mean he does just keep killing people over and over but there are times where it's it wants you to think that like eh he's kind of an okay guy yeah it's a little muddled with the sympathy towards him because the sympathy angle doesn't work when he's <laughs> constantly killing people. Well, I don't think anybody's supposed to have sympathy for him I don't think that was intentional no but you're you should have sympathy for somebody 
I don't think anybody supposed to have sympathy for anybody in this movie. I think it's supposed to be bleak. What about Becky? She's abused by her husband and everything, and uh, yeah, raped she's by the her only brother, and then killed she's by the her only lover. Sympathetic like, character, like she's the only one. But I don't even think she's sympathetic. She, I'm saying she should be. I mean, she's also letting her child down by running away from them and hiding from and getting murdered. Yeah, well, I, well, but she's ignoring her kid back home to get away from an abusive husband but she's not ignoring that kid she thinks that kid's gonna be sent for she's not completely dealing with things and the, the grandmother yells at her on the phone which i do her. love the way that henry brings that up like uh we'll send for her like he's this high class person <laughs> like he's gonna send the chauffeur to go pick this kid up for her you all right there lexi yeah i'm fine i i don't feel too great so you know i have covid <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you're on the other side of the country, then. Right. Does, does anyone have anything else to say? <laughs> My final thoughts are, I think it's decent. I think it would have been more interesting to see in 1986 or 1990 when it became more widely available, because I feel like I've seen a lot of this already. It's interesting seeing a young Michael Rooker, but like I said, he's exactly the same Michael Rooker that's in every Michael Rooker thing. <laughs> I have ever seen. So I do like the theory of Chuck's uh, character actor that or method actor that just stuck with his Henry with the first character he ever got. He was surprisingly attractive when he was young, though. He wasn't oh, a terrible. Are you saying Michael guy. Rooker is not attractive now? No, I would not. Yeah, say what are you saying? Now. What are you saying exactly. about Michael Rooker? I would call him a character actor now. <laughs> the fuck does it have to do with his attractiveness? Uh, character, quotey fingers. <laughs> I don't know what you're on. Um, but yeah, right now, currently, you can see it on Peacock and Amazon Prime. So it was on, you got this it was on Tubi. It was like on everything. I was very surprised, actually. That it was on Freebie. I'm surprised that it was that yeah. easy to find. It's, it's streaming in a lot of places. But also, I think it's because like, the distribution's not... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just because it's not like the... It's not a movie that they can stock on shelves at every place. Like, not a lot of places will... A lot of places refuse to carry movies that don't have ratings on them anyway. So it's like, it's never going to be in a real movie store or anything. It's always just going to be somewhere else. So maybe that's why it's easy to stream. Just because they're like, well, where else are we going to put it for people to watch? Like, when I was a kid growing up, this was the movie that you found next to, like, Faces of Death you know it was in that section of like those kind of video stores you didn't see this shit in block you probably saw it at family video though yeah family they video were hard everything did they have did that store have stuff like face to death and whatever like did they have more they had an adult section i mean oh did they they did have an adult section. yeah yeah that's really funny those were so rare because those were only like some of the indie stores that had those. Very, very few of them. My my town had one like in Nova Scotia, but none of the places I went in Florida had. I mean, I'm sure a ton of these places have fucked up movies. It's just a matter of like Chuck said, without it having the rating on it, it probably doesn't make it into the store. But there's a lot of things right. that nobody has a single I- idea what is in that movie on their shelf. Right. Surprise, Joe Bob Briggs never covered this one. Because that's how I learned about stuff like uh, I Spit on Your Grave and Last House on the Left and things like that. And he never talked about this. I found this one on my own. I was going to say I like things like uh, Natural natural Born Killers and things like that, too. And I feel like, you know, Natural Born Killers is a much more stylized film than this. But I feel like, you know, you get there from things like this in a lot of ways. Like, there's a lot of influence. I can see how this influenced a lot of other things. You know what I mean? Because it definitely would have been unique for 86, like I can't imagine 
there being a lot of things like this and it would have been really creepy to see something like this in that time period especially where they were having so many problems in that time period with people getting kidnapped people getting murdered people losing kids that was a big time where kids were getting kidnapped and things like that and so, so this film would have been you know hard to watch in that time period because it was a big time for all that stuff so does chuck have final thoughts uh yeah i mean it's i think it's a good movie i don't know something about it i've watched it twice and both times i i think i don't know uh, yeah maybe it's the you kind of said it a little bit justin it's like just under underwhelms compared to everything else that i've seen i yeah maybe that is because so many movies have taken inspiration from parts of this film and then did them differently or did them with bigger budgets I don't know. Both times I saw the movie, I was just like, "Oh, I mean, this, yeah, this is a good movie." But like, you, you it, this movie will pop up on lists of like most extreme horror movies, and I've never, I don't know, I've never felt that way about it. I think it is a good movie, and I think it has good parts to it, but it's just never, I don't know, never stands up. I think it's one that just had a huge shock when it first came out that was honestly maybe like overblown from the reactions of people that almost gave it that like underground thing of everyone it, like Lexi was saying like putting it next to things like Faces of Death or like Cannibal Holocaust where it has that underground like oh you're not supposed to see this movie but then I saw it and was like oh I mean yeah I, I can see why some people would be upset by it but I don't know both times I've seen it I left feeling almost feeling nothing about it I, I can't Ooh, I you feel like Michael I Rooker. Know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fully nothing. into the Michael Rooker character. I just feel nothing when I, when I leave it. it. Nothing, very strongly, really sticks in my mind, and it just like I just move on from it and go, oh, okay, yeah, I watched that movie. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. It's almost like I can't describe what it is about this movie that I just can't engage with. The budget is impressive. It's a, like a hundred thousand dollar movie that probably had, all, it's like all word of mouth. I think it made like six hundred thousand, and I'm, so it's made like six times its budget, and probably had zero marketing whatsoever. Yeah. What to you guys is the most unsettling film? Every time I present things to you, and I'm like, "This movie is incredibly disturbing," and you guys, "Oh, that's not disturbing at all." <laughs> yeah, that's I'm just, disturbing. I, I'm uh, I'm left perplexed every time because like me. I present which one? Pink flamingos. That's, it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, but there's a guy singing out of his asshole. There's a person eating dog shit. Like. <laughs> that's worse to me than than a uh, staged murder. That's worse. Hell, on YouTube we've watched real murder. So yeah. you know, I've seen well, people die. That's different. I'm talking about movies. Like, what is your what is your standard for like? What's for the me? Most the horror is film? never. I I grew up with slashers and horror films, and the jump scare and. The gore, like, things that try to be, like, overly gory, I, I don't know. I don't get sick to my stomach about it or anything. So, to me, it always feels like a lazy scare. For me, something that's truly scary is, like, when they can really bring the tension up and you actually feel scared that this character is not going to make it. I think that that's kind of what I look forward to. But, like, what disturbs me? I don't know. You gotta make it seem authentic, which this does seem authentic. Uh, it just feels a little dated. I mean, it's definitely what dated. What do you want from me, Lexi? Well, just like because every you time wanna, you you I... always want to be like, I was so 
fucking disgusted with that movie. And the most disgusted I've been with your movies are just terrible plots or something. But but that's what I'm, no I'm asking because I'm like like I think not cool disturbing. was a worse movie than that was like more disturbing than this. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I don't. I'm not. There I, mean, I would agree. I, I, felt more, I felt more cringe and triggered watching that movie than I did watching <laughs> this film. Like. Like, I had such exactly. a visceral reaction to that movie. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Like, I had such a strong reaction to that film in a way that I haven't, I don't think I've had to almost any other film I've watched. But it's just like, I've just, I, my reaction to things are an understanding. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, no. um, like, well, like I was talking to you the other day about like cave climbing stuff and how I watch videos on YouTube about cave climbing stuff and how I find, it hard to watch but i also watch it because it disturbs me because i i i like that sometimes um but it comes from an understanding right like i know what it's like to be in that environment i used to do spelunking all the time i used to like it was a big part of my life it's uh it was a big part of my life and i just there are aspects of it that i understand and i'm like i know how awful that can be i know what that sensation can feel like i know what it's like to be confined in a very tight crevice like that. I know how that can feel. But those are videos that you're watching that are real, right? Right? They're, right. they're actual but, okay. people doing these things. The, the Descent, the movie The Descent, that movie bothered me to watch because I understood the further they went into that cave, the further they were going to get stuck in things. And I was like, that bothers me. The, the creatures in the cave I didn't give a fuck about. Like, I didn't really think that movie was all that scary, and I really don't think that's all that scary of a horror movie, and I don't really find that movie bothers me, but the cave climbing sequences of that movie, the start of that movie when they're going through the really tight crawl spaces and stuff like that, that shit was really bothering me. That was bothering me more than anything in that movie was watching the cave climbing stuff because there were so many sequences of that film that were so tight. And I was like, I can't deal with this. This is the stuff that's bothering me was because of that understanding, if that makes sense. So like understanding like stuff with child abuse, understanding things with like on like a whatever level, like having a personal experience with something and, watching it like when we talked about gone girl and i was like oh god this movie's like personally like affecting me because like i'm going through things like this and stuff like that so it's like sometimes when i watch things my experience with it is a deeper understanding of the experience and so i'm like i find this very disturbing does that make sense yeah but i also feel like a good filmmaker is going to bring that tension regardless of how familiar you are with what's happening with the subject matter for sure absolutely then they should be able to but i think if you have familiarity with it it makes it more difficult if that makes sense like yeah. if you're watching a movie about people stuck in water but you're scared of water then you're like oh god you know it's already harder true but then it de- also depends on a lot of other things like if the acting is terrible then i'm taken out of the movie i guess so like the descent's a good prime example of like you have a really good cast on top of that and his next movie was amazing i don't even know who did that the guy did Doomsday. neil marshall yeah is that who that is? Mm-hmm. He did some good Game of Thrones episodes. Doomsday is the greatest movie ever. It's fucking incredible. I fucking love that movie. Well, we'll have to talk about it someday. It's like one of the best female protagonists ever. I'm sure Ripley doesn't agree with that. Or Sarah Connor. I don't know, man. She's a beast. Or Rose. I'm just going to name James Cameron characters. Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> chick from the Abyss. Mm-hmm. Some of the characters I forget. I'm like, and Jamie Lee Curtis from True Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Are you counting on your fingers female protagonists? 
you're like up three. No, I'm looking at my nail polish. Well, that's, <laughs> that's uh, sassy. Yeah. Yeah. We got more murder coming next week, and uh, we'll have our Christmas episode that has a lot of attempted murder in it. I'd say. I don't think there's actual murder, but there's a lot of attempted murder, and I think I could see a young Henry in this character in this Christmas episode. <laughs> but uh, next week we're going to do... Go ahead. Oh, I'm also sorry what? I wasn't here last week. Just that I, I'm sorry I missed the last episode, and I apologize. You don't have to apologize. It was a great episode. Well, good. I'm glad you guys had fun. I think... I think you'll enjoy it. You're like, it was so much better without you there. <laughs> Chuck talks a lot more. Yeah. Chuck, I know. Chuck owns that. It, I mean, he really hosts the shit out of that episode. He really does go all in. It's a good conversation. Good. And then next week, I'll, we didn't record yet, obviously, because we're recording this one now. Memories of murder. So I'm interested to see how that conversation goes. That is typically how episodes work. We record the next one after we're done recording this one. That is true. That's right. (laughs) But not always. So we're technically going to record the Christmas episode before Memories of Murder, which comes out after Memories of Murder. But yeah, you're like, you can't can't play things that you didn't already record. So yeah, you're right about that. (laughs) Chuck is very interesting when he talks. I usually like it when he talks. So Usually. (laughs) Until he's like, your movie sucked ass. And she's like, shut up, shut up, stop talking about my movie. I don't care. You get my Have movie's name out of your mouth. <laughs> but, uh, yep, it's a bloody December. Hopefully everybody's enjoying it, and we'll be back next week with, I don't know if it is Christmas falls on the same day, or the same week, but uh, pretty much back-to-back. You're going to get two episodes, like, a few days apart. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. We are Cinema de More. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.